Welcome to Knowing Him. This is Steve Danielson. And this is Angie Danielson. Join us each week as we explore the hymns of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and share our feelings, insights, and reflections about how each one brings us closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy your favorites and find some undiscovered gems in our journey to knowing Him. Welcome, friends, to today's episode of Knowing Him. I'm your host, Steve Danielson, and I'm here with my restoring co-host, Angie. Hi. (laughs) She always restores me back to happiness when I need her most. So as I mentioned last week, we're doing something a little bit differently today. Starting this week, we are planning to align our hymn selection to go along with the Come Follow Me program of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Since we release our episodes on Fridays... We'll choose a hymn that actually goes along with the following week's lesson. So you can listen on Friday and get a head start on the next week or save the podcast and listen the next week to supplement your reading. I know Angie always reads a week ahead. She likes to be a week ahead. So this will go right along with your study. uh, And then I'll listen on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this week we are talking about hymn number 108, uh, The Lord is My Shepherd. It's also number 316 in a women's arrangement in our hymn book. And this corresponds with this week's Come Follow Me lesson, John chapter 7 to 10. So I have a bit to say about John 10 as well as Psalm 23, but we will come back to those. I'd actually like to start today with our composer and author and then return to the scriptures in a little while. Sounds good. Okay, so we're going to talk about James Montgomery first. We've actually talked about him before. Uh, with our hymn, uh, A Poor Wayfaring Man of Grief. Yeah, I was reading about him, and I was like, why does this sound familiar? (laughs) (laughs) So, born in 1771 in Scotland, uh, moved to England around age six or seven, so lived most of his life in in England. Uh, Montgomery started his career as a journalist, working for a number of newspapers and magazines. In 1794, he actually founded his own newspaper, the Sheffield Iris, which he edited over for over 30 years. Uh, he used his newspaper as a platform to campaign for social and political reform. Um, Montgomery was involved in the anti-slavery movement, so this would be anti-slavery in England. Uh, he used his poetry to raise awareness about the horrors of the slave trade. His poem, The West Indies, especially describes the brutal treatment of enslaved Africans in the Caribbean, and it helped to galvanize public support for the abolitionist cause. So his magazine was a little controversial, right? It was, yeah. He was known for his more liberal views. Uh, I guess the conservative views were that we wanted to keep our slaves, and he said, no, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I did find a copy of the West Indies. took me some searching to find it. Uh, I'll read a little bit of it here. The West Indies I behold like the Hesperides of old, trees of life with fruits of gold. No, a curse is on their soil, bonds and scourges, tears and toil, man degrade and earth despoil. Horror struck, I turn away, coasting down the Mexique Bay, slavery there hath had her day. Hark, eight hundred thousand tongues startle midnight with strange songs, England end her Negro's wrongs. Loud the voices of freedom spoke, every accent split a yoke, every word a fetter broke. South America expands, forest mountains, river lands, and a nobler race demands. And a nobler race arise, stretch their limbs, unclose their eyes, claim the earth, and seek the skies. Sounds pretty powerful. It does, Mm. yeah. And I agree with him. Yeah. And slavery. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess we already did, but (laughs) it was a good thing. (laughs) Uh, So he was a, a member of the Royal Society of Literature, 
and he did receive several honorary doctorates from universities throughout England. And today, I believe we mentioned this last time, Montgomery is remembered as one of the most important hymn writers of the 19th century. Uh, so he wrote a lot during his lifetime, um, re remembered well today. Uh, anything else that you read about Montgomery that you wanted to share? I know we shared a lot I don't last think time. So. But, okay. Uh, so I want to go to our composer, Thomas Koshat. Uh, born in 1845, died 1914. Uh, born in the Wittrig dis district of Klagenfurt, Austria. <laughs> Glad uh, you're saying that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually lived a lot of his life in Vienna, but he, it, I read that he maintained citizenship in Klagenfurt. Like, I, I guess we don't really think of that in America. Like, I'm a citizen of Olympia, Washington, you know, we just sort of move from place to place and yeah. do a thing. But here he lived in Vienna, but still kept his ties and was considered a citizen of Klagenfurt, sort of above being just an Austrian. It seems sort of like that when I was on my mission in Spain too. Like somebody could just be born in one place and never live there for the rest of their life. And they still claimed that place as yeah. where they were from. You know, they never changed and said, oh, I'm from here, you know. I mean, my dad grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, but he lived in Washington way longer, so he claimed to be from Washington. He never said, I'm from Maryland, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I, I guess grew up we... in California until I was 12, but then moved to Tennessee, and I claim Tennessee as home, even though I live in Washington now and have lived in Utah and, I mean... We do it differently. Yeah, we do it differently we... here. <laughs> yeah, It's interesting. Anyway, back to Thomas Koshat. Uh, he studied chemistry at the Technical University of Vienna before turning to music, so he's chemist by trade first. And just an interesting note, he is a doppelganger for Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, you need to look this guy up. I, I pulled up an image on Google, and without showing the name, I just showed Angie and said, first impression, who do you think this is? Teddy Roosevelt. Nope. That's our composer, Thomas Koshat. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> uh, he sang bass with the Vienna State Opera starting in 1867. Uh, being a bass in opera is kind of fun because you get usually one of two roles. You either play the villain or you play God. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's pretty much what you get as a bass. Didn't he just like decide he didn't want to study chemistry anymore and he wanted to do music. Basically, like, yeah. He gave up on that idea <laughs> real <Yeah>. quick. <laughs> uh, in 1874, he joined the choir at St. Stephen's Cathedral uh, in Vienna. Uh, he wrote either three or ten operas. <laughs> I couldn't quite get a handle on the exact number, but I saw both of those. And so it's either three or ten. <laughs> maybe somewhere in the middle, maybe seven. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, although he's mostly known for his folk songs, uh, mm. popularized the Corinthian folk songs throughout Austria. Corinthia is the southern region of Austria, uh, and he is considered one of the most important figures in Corinthian folk music because of how uh, he worked with the music and made it so popular in the area. Uh, one of his well-known pieces is the Snow Waltz, uh, and I'm going to play a little clip of that here just so you can hear. This is the Snow Waltz.
that's a fun little piece. And you can't yeah, you can't funny. tell on the on the recording uh, by listening to it. Um, but in the theater, they made it so that it was actually like snowing inside the theater while the people were listening. It was, it was kind of cheesy, but kind of fun. Yeah, you should <laughs> look up the video. <laughs> uh, much of his music was actually for male voices or choruses, um, perhaps part of his singing as a bass. He's like, yeah. there's not enough stuff written for us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, in fact, The Lord is My Shepherd first appeared in a volume of German folk songs for male voices. Uh, the song began, Verlassen, Verlassen, Forsaken, Forsaken in English, uh, which is why the tune name is sometimes called Forsaken, uh, which, you know, thinking about the Lord is my shepherd doesn't seem like a very forsaking text, but the tune uh, comes from this uh, this text here. So uh, those aren't the same words as this? No, this is not uh, a German okay. translation of the Lord, Lord is, is my shepherd. shepherd. These are the words that Koshat originally used. Gotcha. Um, in English, basically, this is a singable translation. Forsaken, forsaken, forsaken am I. Like a stone in the causeway, my buried hopes lie. I go to the churchyard, my eyes fill with tears. And kneeling, I weep there, oh, my love, loved for years. And kneeling, I weep there, oh, my love, loved for years. A mound in the churchyard, that blossoming hang o'er. It is there my love sleepeth to waken no more. Tis there all my footsteps, my passions all lead. And there my heart turneth, I'm forsaken indeed. And there my heart turneth, I'm forsaken indeed. Well, that's a sad song. <laughs> it is, which is kind of interesting because the Lord is my shepherd is often used as a, a funeral song. Hmm. Uh, I've actually been asked to sing this at, at funerals before, um, but mostly because of the comfort yeah. uh, that it talks about. But it is interesting that this song that he originally wrote was also a funeral song, a very sad a love, love song, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I did find a copy of Verlassen, Verlassen, uh, and I'm so, so I did record myself singing it in German, so I'm going to play this little recording for you here. Verlassen, Verlassen, Verlassen. In addition to being called Forsaken, the tune is actually also called Poland. Um, well, sometimes Poland, parentheses, Koshat, hmm. so that you know it's different than other tunes called Poland. <laughs> uh, reportedly, Koshat was inspired to write the melody after hearing a Polish folk song. Uh, and so that's sort of where the tune name comes from. So you'll see it listed both ways. Um, okay, so sometimes the text is paired with other tunes. Uh, most common pairing I found was with Adestis Fidelis. Oh, really? Oh, come all ye faithful. Interesting. Yeah. So we have, The Lord is my shepherd, no one shall I know. I feed in green pastures, safe folded I rest. 
It always throws me off. I know. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> but I actually found that in several hymnals. Now, most of the hymnals that I found it were older hymnals. I think today, if you put it in a hymn book, a new hymn book it's to the tune of Destas Fidelis, I think most people would be like, okay, that's a little weird. <laughs> um, but I think it was more common in the 18th uh, and 19th centuries. Uh, sometimes the tune is the tune is paired with other texts. Uh, I couldn't find that one one that was most common, uh, but I did find some other examples. Um, here's a question for you though: What would you consider the melody of this tune? <laughs> this is a tricky one because I feel like the altos have the melody for like the first mo- most of the song. I think. Is it the first two stamp lines? It, it's hard to know exactly where the melody to the, jumps. And then it changes to the sopranos. Yeah, so you remember this German version that I played here. Um, it, the melody that you're talking about, would it be in the baritone line? Um, mm-hmm. Which, in sort of barbershop harmony, sort of fits into that middle area where the alto is fitting there. But it's not really the soprano line. Okay, so as I sing it, as I sing these different versions, I'm going to stick mostly to the, what we know as the alto line, okay. which goes, the Lord is, uh, no, I'm, no, you're singing I'm the soprano line. The Lord is my shepherd, no one shall I know. Yeah. So that's the line I'm going to be singing a yeah. little bit. Uh, so here is one. Um. Well, this one was interesting. So it had the Lord is my shepherd, and then right next to it, on the next page, it had another hymn to the same tune. So by Koshot, different words and different harmonization. And so this one's actually interesting because that melody I just sang is not actually included in this. Hmm. Like it just is harmonized in a way where that doesn't happen. So the soprano is more considered the melody here. Though faint yet not, or sorry, Though faint yet pursuing, we go on our way. The Lord is our leader, his word is our stay. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, here's one, Oternia. I actually saw this one in a couple uh, volumes. Uh, This one is for male voices again. Oternia. I keep doing that jump. Oternia, Oternia. For why will ye die when God in great mercy is coming so nigh? So that's a so is that nice one. melody in the tenor part? Yeah, that was in the right. in the tenor so there. I'm looking soprano. at it, thinking I'm not seeing well, it up there. So you got to remember that <clears throat> this is for male voices. Oh, so the okay. tenor is actually both up on the. Oh right. Top staff and the baritone bass are on the bottom, so, so it's baritone, in the baritone line. The melody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then here's one called Judea, and this one is in the alto, like it is in our hymn book. Though faint yet pursuing, we go on our way. The Lord is our leader; His word is our stay. That's similar to that Lord yeah. is our leader one, that first oh, yeah. one you did. Yeah, just so had... just different name. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. There's some different texts out there, but the tune 
And the harmonization is often quite similar. So they're keeping Koshat pretty well intact. Um, and I noticed that in our hymn book as well. It's very similar to the, uh, to the original German melody that, uh, that he originally wrote. Um, and this is one where it stays pretty consistent through our hymn books. It was first included in the 1948 hymn book um, as a congregational hymn, a women's hymn, and a men's hymn. Mm. So there were three different arrangements. Uh, in our current hymn book, kept in the same key, but just retained the congregational and the women's. Ironically, the men's was dropped. Yeah. So Even we don't have a, wrote it don't have a men's, men. draw, uh, men's arrangement anymore. Wasn't there a fourth verse that we don't have in our hymn book? There is. Yeah, let me pull that up here. Yeah, so the we'll sing the three verses, but the fourth verse, which we don't, and, and I often don't see it in other hymn books as well, uh, it goes like this. Let goodness and mercy, my bountiful God, still follow my steps till I meet thee above. I seek by the path which my forefathers trod through the lands of their sojourn, thy kingdom of love. Through mm. the land of their sojourn, thy kingdom of love. That's nice. Yeah. Goes along with the scripture. Yeah. So let's actually talk Psalm about what this, what this all means. So as you just mentioned, the Lord is my shepherd is a poetic interpretation of Psalm 23. I wanted to see, Angie, if you would mind reading Psalm 23. I, that's the one I forgot to open to. I was opening my scriptures here. I'm like, I know there's one more I need. Psalm 23, yeah. there it is. Could sure. you read Psalm 23 for us? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Okay, so this is a poetic interpretation. It's not, it's exactly. not a direct quote. Um, I see some hymn books where it just says, this is Psalm 23. Um, but it is, a, it is poetic. Um, I, I sort of like the, the way that um, Montgomery changes some things. So, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Here we have, the Lord is my shepherd, no want shall I know. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. I feed in green pastures, safe folded I rest. He leadeth my soul where the still waters flow. So there's a lot of emphasis on the Lord guiding and protecting and, and helping. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, really, um, I really appreciate that about the, about the hymn text. I lost my other scripture. There it is. Um, so David in the psalm compares God to a shepherd speaks of how God leads him, protects him, and provides for him. Why do you think the image of God as a shepherd is such a powerful one? I think it's because, especially um, back in those days in the area where Jesus lived, like so many people were shepherds, and they understood that shepherds really did love 
their sheep and cared for and looked after them. And they would sacrifice their lives for them if they got hurt or lost or something. And so he's comparing himself to that person that would sacrifice so much for for us. Yeah. The shepherds were very important back then. Um, I mean, the sheep were valuable sources of food, um, clothing. I mean, these, these were important animals that they... You were pretty rich if you had a lot of sheep. <laughs> That's right. Uh, shepherds had to be strong. They had to be brave because uh, they had to protect their flocks. I mean, think about David. I mean, yeah. he started his life as a, as a shepherd. shepherd. He mm-hmm. understood what it took to be a shepherd. Um, in the same way, God is our shepherd. Um, he is strong. He's brave. He protects us from danger. He leads us through the good times and the bad, and he always provides for our needs. Um, when we get to John 10, which is in our Come Follow Me reading this week, uh, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And so I wanted to look at a couple verses here in John 10. Uh, in verse 3, whoop, I'm in chapter 9. <laughs> in verse 3, he says, um, he calleth his sheep by name and leadeth them. In verse 4, it says, The sheep follow him, and they know his voice. And verse 11, he giveth his life for his sheep. And in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and I am known of mine. I, I loved that last part, because it's not just him knowing his sheep, but the sheep know him. They yeah. know his voice. They know who to follow. Uh, this is not a guessing game of who do I need to follow. Well, we've heard that about shepherds as well. Like if they have somebody come in and take over for them, and the sheep don't necessarily recognize that person's voice or want to follow them because they're not their shepherd that they know. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because in another, in another place, Jesus um, calls us shepherds. And asks us to be shepherds to his flock and his fold, um, and I think it's really cool because one of the few titles that he sort of shares with us and says, "You can be shepherds as well um, to my people," um, but he is the good shepherd. <laughs> he is yeah. sort of the the overseer of of the shepherds. Uh, I I was looking at verse seven to nine in chapter ten here, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. So he's not only the good shepherd, but he's also the door to the sheepfold, the door to get in. So what do you think that means, that he is the door? I mean, maybe it's kind of like where he says, or it says in the scriptures, he's the keeper of the gate and he employeth no servant there. Like he's the only way back to, to our Heavenly Father through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I think it goes back to that exactly. I am the way. You know, it's only mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ that we make it back to the Father. Yeah. And so he's the door. He's He's the one that, we go through for salvation. You know, 
by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. It's, he's the only way. Yeah. Like I said, it's not a guessing game. <laughs> if you're looking for truth, if you're looking for the way, Jesus Christ is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other verse in chapter 10 I wanted to point out, verse 16. He says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Um, now that is a a verse that we have a particular understanding of in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, and this comes from 3rd Nephi. So in the Book of Mormon in 3rd Nephi, starting in chapter 11, this is where Jesus Christ comes to visit the people in the Americas after his resurrection and ascension into heaven. Um, he comes and teaches them very similar things to what he taught uh, in the old world. Uh, he taught them the, the same principles, uh, the same Sermon on the Mount, gave those same instructions. Uh, and then in chapter 15, uh, we get this. Uh, he said, Neither at any time hath the Father given me commandment that I should tell unto them, talking about those uh, in Jerusalem, uh, concerning the other tribes of the house of Israel, whom the Father hath led away out of the land. This much did the Father command me that I should tell unto them, that other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Okay, so that's that verse we just read out of John 10. And he goes on, And now because of stiff-neckedness and unbelief, they understood not my words. Therefore I was commanded to say no more of the Father concerning this thing, but verily I say unto you that the Father hath commanded me, and I tell it unto you, that you were separated from among them because of their iniquity. Therefore, it is because of their iniquity that they are not known of you. Okay. And verily I say unto you that ye are they of whom I said, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And they understood me not. For they supposed it had been the Gentiles. For they understood not that the Gentiles should be converted through their preaching. Okay, so the people in Jerusalem or the, the surrounding areas, because he was in that whole mm -hmm. area, they understood that to be the Gentiles or the other sheep. But he tells specifically here that he was talking about those that had been separated from the house of Israel. Uh, that were still part of the house, but that were living in other parts of the world. So here specifically the... Uh, the Nephites here living in the Americas that he's visiting. Uh, and then in the next chapter, he even goes on to say, I even have other sheep that I need to go visit. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All over the world. You know, the, the sort of the closing thought I wrote here, I said, Jesus Christ is a shepherd to all who will come to him. He's no respecter of persons. If you come unto him with your heart, he will lead, he will protect, and he'll provide for you. He wants us to come to him. He wants to be our shepherd. And it's really up to us if we're going to be his sheep. I mean, like it said in verse 14 of chapter 10 in John, I am known of mine. We have to make the choice to be his sheep. Yeah. Oh. Any other thoughts or comments on this? No, I think okay. that's good. I appreciate that. Well, we are going to sing The Lord is My Shepherd. Uh, we're going to come over to the piano because it's sort of hard to carry this uh, internal melody. <laughs> uh, so, Andrew, you could hold on to that. All right. 
Before we end, I was just noticing in that um, third verse, when it talks about perfume and oil, thou anointest my head, um, I was, you know, not only are we thinking about the, right before Christ was crucified and the woman came in and anointed his head, but I was just reading the, um, the parable of the Good Samaritan this morning and how the Samaritan took this man and used oil and wine to help clean his wounds as well. Uh, and just sort of was thinking about that, um, that Christ-like service. Um, and I think that's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be like him. So. Yeah, that's good. Well, my friends, Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed the hymn, The Lord is My Shepherd. As always, it's a joy to be with you and to discuss the hymns. 
If you'd like to connect with us, please email us at knowinghim at gmail.com or contact us through our website, knowinghim.weebly.com. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast and about the hymns. In the meantime, I hope you'll join us next week as we sing our way to Knowing Him.